I look sweaty. Hello and welcome to episode 341 of the Hooners Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Glucker. Tonight, it's a solo episode, and we're going to kick things off with a slightly different first segment than usual. Ron uh, is busy with some work stuff, and then I'm getting ready to go camping this week, and uh, I wasn't able to get an episode out last week because I was prepping for Autopia and a bunch of other blah, 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 whatever. Um, so here's a quick segment from that I recorded last week with a special guest. Hello, and welcome to the Hooniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Glucker, and I have a special guest <laughs> to start this one off. Uh, what are you laughing at? You. What, say your name. Sloan. Sloan what? Glucker. And who are you? Your daughter. <laughs> Why are you on this podcast? Because I want to be on the podcast. You can't have dead air like that. we got to be, come on, you got to talk quicker. Uh, okay, so you wanted to talk about cars briefly. Before I get into the regular podcast, you don't need to be that close to the mic. <laughs> um, what? Stop. What is your favorite car that we own? Mom's. Why? Because it's cool. What kind of car is it? It's a Mazda. Do you know what kind of Mazda? A five. It's, it's a CX five. So that's pretty good. What's your second favorite car? The Jag. Why? Because it's my second. Because it's the second coolest. Okay, and then where's the Montero? Third, because I thought you said it was 10th. Yeah, well, now it's third because I don't like any more cars. No, what's your favorite car that we've driven together? Um, Starts with a T. A Tesla. Why? Because it has video games. Right, okay, good but bad answer. What? Uh, <laughs> um, what's your favorite bad. color for a car? Blue. And... Where is your favorite place to go in a car? Target. I knew you were going to say Target. <laughs> I meant like if we were driving somewhere on a vacation, where would you want to go? Hawaii. That's difficult <laughs> since that needs a boat or a plane, most likely a plane. Um, so that one's going to be tough. Um, um, what about what Island? What co color car do you want me to, to drive next? Pink. Yeah, you always say pink. <laughs> what color car is in the driveway right now? Red. Red. Do you know what kind of car it is? A Toyota? Nope, definitely oh. not. Starts with a P. Pasta. Yep, it's a pasta. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Porsche. Oh. <laughs> but okay, thank you. Porsche. And then Porsche. where am I going this weekend? To the car show with medals. Which car show? The one. Which, those, you mean those trophies behind us? Yeah. The, the electric car car show that I, that I helped start? Yeah. Okay, cool. Is there something on my chin? What? Is there something on my chin? No, kiddo. No, no, no. Well, it feels um, like there's glue on my chin. But I think, I think that's where we're going to have to stop this interview for now. Bye. And I want to say thanks to my special guest, Sloan Glucker, for coming on. Uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Like tomorrow. Uh, I don't know about tomorrow, but soon, okay? Bye. Bye. All right, enough of that. Back to the actual show. Um, like I said, this is episode 341. Uh, my daughter did not kill it, so um, she's been fired from the podcast. Uh, maybe in the future, when she grows up and figures out that the Montero is the best car in the family, she'll, you know, we'll get her back on. But until then, 
Yeah, here we are. Um, so welcome to the show. Uh, I just spent the last weekend in the Bay Area. We did Autopia Bay Area, and I wish Ron was here to talk about this one, so we'll talk about it more when he's back on. I actually would like to do a show with Brad, too, who is one of the co-founders of Autopia, along with myself and a few other folks. The show went as well as we could hope for it up there. Um, given these circumstances, a few people who had promised to be there didn't quite make it. They actually backed out the week of, which is always exciting. Um, and then it's, it's less of a custom scene up there like it was in the LA show. And that makes it a bit more difficult. And on top of that, we discovered that the like Tesla California owners club was holding an event the same day as well. So the odds were stacked against us, but we got some very cool cars in there. We got some very cool people in there. And I think the people who showed for the most part were happy with how it all went down. Um, on top of that, the venue was amazing. The Craneway in Richmond, California is a former Ford factory. And it's amazing that Ford won't get back to us to come to the show since we recorded in an old Ford factory and they have a handful of electric vehicles on sale. You'd think they'd want to be there. Whatever. Pressing on, um, we have one more show contractually. I don't know if I'm allowed to say all this stuff. Contractually, we have one more show with Nissan. Uh, it will be an L.A. December show, and then we will evaluate what we want to do, if we want to do, what we want to do going forward with Autopia. So that's where that stands now. Uh, you know, I'm always open, so I'll give you guys the full behind the scenes on on that at least. Uh, and then if we get Brad on. Um, he'll either tell me to shut up or we'll go from there. Um, so uh, why is this so blue? Let me change the, the heat, the temperature of these lights here. Can I do that on this one? Warm that mofo up. Warm that mofo up. That's a little better. Um, so the drive up, I drove a, it's still outside. I have a Porsche Taycan GTS sedan and I have to tell you, it's pretty damn good. Um, it has the, I'm one of the first journalists along with Brad actually, cause we both had Tycons on this event cause we're bougie. Um, they just updated the software on the cars for better route charge planning, uh, and better, um, something else in there too, where if you pull into a charging station and before, if you were like low, it would give you all the juice. But if you were say, say you pull in at 50%, it's like, nah, you don't need all the juice. Now, if you pull in anything under 80%, it's like, give him the juice until he hits 80% where everybody tails off at 80%. So the drive up went really well. I did three charging stops on the drive up and they were all nicely quick. You know, as soon as you cut through the Electrify America bullshit of finding, oh, this charger doesn't work. All right. So I'm not going to get a 350. I'm going to find a 150 kilowatt charger, but it's cranking out 170 for some reason, whatever. The car soaks it up. The Taycan's the fastest charging car in the, in the States. It can do 270 kilowatts. Um, I think Tesla's max at 250. Uh, and it, it went well on the drive home. I started my trip with 30%, but I planned my charging stops more aggressively to sit there and wait. Uh, so I only needed three on the way home too. So I think theoretically, if you were much more conservative on the drive than I, and you did a full charge and then a stop and you got a full charge and then you kept going, I think you could do it in two. Um, or or you could definitely do it in two. Um, I'm thinking you could do it potentially 
in one charging stop. Um, but you'd have to be really like mileage chasing at that point. Two, you could do comfortably. Three was very easy. And it's funny, the root charge planner, it, it, it is interesting because it'll show you like it might add more stops than you want to do, but if you keep charging past a certain limit, so it'll be like, all right, it, it, it's really neat that it says you're going to pull into this one station at 25%. You only need to get to 60%. And because of the charging speeds, it'll only take you five minutes to get there. So splash and dash, boom, onto the next one. I didn't want to do that. I wanted more range. So I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, well, let's just get to 80 because this charger is moving. And then it would eliminate one of the charging stops and you could just press on and drive comfortably and have a comfortable amount of range in between. You can also adjust it so that the amount of charge at destination, whatever you're comfortable with. So if you know you're going to go home at the end of your trip, you know you can arrive with basically no charge and you can set it because um, you're going to charge at home. So on the drive up, I had it set to a more conservative 20%. On the way home, I had it set to a, a, a more aggressive 10%. And you can, you can go lower than that. Um, and on the way home, I did the first charging stop and then I hit another one and another one. Um, charging speeds were good, but on that last one, I, I, it wanted me to do one more stop. And I was like, I, I'm within, I'm under 200 miles from home. Um, I think I needed 158 to get home from where I was. And so I said, let's just wait here. This charging speed is good. Uh, I'm in the middle of nowhere on the five in California. It's a Sunday. Let's fill up more. I don't want to stop to charge again. I know I'm going to hit traffic. I know I get the grapevine ahead of me. The grapevine, for those of you who don't know, is um, a big hill right before you come down into L.A., basically. So on the way climbing up the grapevine, I'm going to lose a lot of range. But on the way back down, I'm going to gain a bunch back. And I really didn't lose that much climbing. So when I left that final charging stop, it said I would arrive home with 8%, which is more aggressive than the 10% I was looking for. And then on the far on the other side of the um, grapevine, like coming down, it's like, I'm going to you're going to arrive home with 20%. So I, I gained so much more um, and I didn't lose that much climbing. I was I was blown away. The car is efficient as hell. On the way up, I was playing with range mode, which puts the car in the lowest suspension setting. It won't let you go over 85 miles an hour, and it cuts back on your AC. It was hot, so I said, fuck this. I flipped it to normal, which does basically the same suspension setting. You can go over 85, and it gives you the AC. And I had no problem. The range hit was like three miles. Um on the drive home, I basically kept it in normal the whole time until I got really close to the house and I popped it into sport uh, and the car did awesome. It was great. I, on the drive, drive home, I was driving faster too. On the way up, I was staying between 80, 85. On the way home, I wanted to get home. So I was going faster. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Uh, the, the amazing thing is when you have someone, because the five for a lot of part in California is two lanes. And for the most part, it's a section of California where people get out of the way of the fast lane, which does not happen in Southern California. And, it, and not everybody does. But with the Taycan GTS, I sit there for a minute. I give them a second. If there's no one coming, fuck this. I don't have time for you. You're not waiting. All right. Boom. You point and, and shoot with that Taycan. And because of that torque, you're past them in an instant. If they're one of those ass, I, I hate people who speed up when you go to pass them. Um, it's one of my biggest pet peeves while driving. And in the Taycan, it is a non-issue. I do not care what you're driving. You could be in a Tesla. Um, but we, we, I have that two-speed gearbox at higher speeds. I'm probably going to be moving quicker than you. Um, 
also oh, you're in a Tesla, I'm in a Porsche, not to sound like an asshole. Um, you could have, if you are in a fully built out Tesla Model S, you could have bought a Taycan. You could have afforded a Taycan um, and you made the wrong choice. Um, you have more range. I don't care. I don't, I don't give a shit. Your Tesla sucks. <laughs> I shouldn't say that when I'm trying to host an electric car show. Um, that's really mean. I, I, I'm not going to cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. Uh, I've been listening to too much Always Sunny podcast because that's like, I only listen to two podcasts. Um, as someone who makes a podcast, I only, I listen to two podcasts. I listen to the dollop and I listen to the Always Sunny podcast um, and I bounce back. So cut that, cut that, cut that, which will make sense if you listen to the Always Sunny podcast. But this is a solo episode. Like I said, Ron has tons of work. He was supposed to come up for the show, but he's, he's taken on more um, responsibility at the Wheel Pros gig, and that's important and good. Uh, and uh, I didn't f fault him for, you know, obviously I wish he could have come on the trip too, but, you know, man, you got to do your work. So, and then he, he's, he's busy this week too. Not a big deal. I wanted to get this one out because I'm going camping tomorrow. Family, we're taking the Montero. I've got a Dometic fridge in the back. I've got a PLB40 portable battery system, and I borrowed a solar uh, portable solar setup so that when we're during the day, I'll have that charging the PLB 40 backup. And then at night, um, when the sun goes down, the PLB 40 will handle the rest of this, the time. So the, that Dometic CF CFX 35, which is the, the model cooler I have will be, will be chilling the whole time. And I am beyond excited to test that out. I've used that cooler. Um, I've only used it once when I was tailgating at Pearl jam <laughs> with my buddy, Derek. And, uh, it was great. And then I left the, the thing connected in the back of my Montero for like two more days and it, and it, it held, it lasted on. I didn't try to juice it up running on its own cause I have nothing running into it in terms of, um, extra power. Like I don't have any, uh, other battery systems in the Montero. So that was running on its own and it lasted for, I think it was three days. And that counts the initial, uh, application where it uses the most battery right off the bat because you think about a cooler going from off to on it has to cool the system and that's where you're going to use the most energy and then the rest of the time you're just regulating temperature um, because the circuit in a fridge and a cooler is like on off on off uh, and that's and overnight you know it's it's mostly off um, so that's going to be the case while we're camping but then the the solar will fill in the gaps during the day and then we can charge our other stuff off that plb40 additionally cobra just sent me they have a 200 watt power station which i might bring as well just as like an additional test system uh, i'm charging some you can't see it in the background of the shot but it, it is right um, my finger it's under I can't do this backwards but it's under right there it's it's charging some um, lights that I like to bring camping hardcore h-a-r-d-k-o-r-r an Australian company makes these awesome camping lights they come in a pack of four or solo they're like this big I'm uh, I'm trying to if you're listening it's probably like an inch and a half by like two and a half inches rectangle and the backside is magnetic and also has an elast elastic strap. So you can strap it on the inside of a tent. You can strap it to the side of a vehicle. You can put them anywhere. You, they're great for working on cars because you can tuck them inside fenders. They come in the bright white light. They also have a built-in amber LED light, and they, they charge off USB. Uh, so they're awesome. I have a pack of four of them. And I love those lights. I'm charging those off that thing right now. And then I'll bring it. And if maybe we can try running both of those off the solar during the day. I don't know. That'd be a pretty aggressive test. Um, plus that solar, the connection, I might have to have a different connection because the, the, 
the solar panel I have make, has the same exact connection that goes into the back of the PLB 40, which I'm going to do a write up on it. Um, not a video. I'm going to do an actual like photos and story because Hooniverse.com needs more of that because I've been slacking because um, I'm fucking busy with AutoTrader. Um, but I, I'll, I'm going to do photos and video and or no, so I'm going to do photos and story and, and uh, camping trip stuff and the, the fridge review and blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, but that's that's where we'll be on that. Look forward to that one. But because this is a solo one, I'm diving into questions early. And oddly, we got a, like a lot more questions than we normally get. So it, it works out. Let's do Twitter first, where I think there are less questions. Where is uh, I got to pull up a window here so I can see what the hell I'm doing. Um, not you. You're too big of a screen. All right. Twitter.com. Let's go over to here. Uh, let's see. Got to scroll up to the original question. All right. So that dude, Pasha, asked glass or plastic um, solo podcast. Is that a reference to solo, uh, which would be very funny. Um, having, I'm actually having a can of beer right now. Run the Jewels themed or partnership beer. This is Run the Jewels and Collective Arts. It's called the Get It Dry Hop Blonde, five liters, nice and simple. They had, I have another beer in my fridge from them with a different brewery called Spaceway, and it's a 9.1% double IPA, and it is absolutely night-night juice. Chad Kirchner, who is a partner in Autopia, asks, Autopia 29 or Electrify Expo? Come on, man. You know the answer. Um, Joel Strickland, our photographer friend in Australia, BMW is going to offer up an X race car for sale. Which X race car would you love to own? Does it count if I say McLaren F1 GTR? Because that's has a BMW engine, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, the Big Mate would be really funny. That's what it is. It's the M-A-G-T-E. That'd be really funny to own. Something classic, like a Batmobile would be pretty good. Bobby Reed, where's the worst spot that you've ever broken down? Um, I, it's not the worst spot. Uh all right, two stories. Once when I was a kid, my mom, myself, and my brother, because I think my dad was deployed in the Navy during like the first the first desert storm. And so we took a road trip to see the Grand Canyon because we lived in California then. Um, and we lost like three out of five gears in our Ford Ranger. And we were stuck in like Nowheresville, Arizona. And all we could afford was this shitty motel with cockroaches while we waited for the car to be fixed. That sucked. Um, another one was I was driving my 2000 Civic Si EM1 to an HRE Wheels open house. And on the way down, not far from that part of California, um, I uh, I felt like the engine lose power and I got over to the side of the road on the side of a bridge on the side of the five. And that's when my timing belt was shredded. But somehow I didn't destroy the engine in that car, which is crazy because it's a, a, an interference engine. But that car lived to fight another day and it was fine. Um, that wasn't great. Brian Siddle, BC Siddle. First, Blake, now Ron, what have you done with your co-host? Don't forget Chris Hayes. Um, I, I kick him all to the curb. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, no disrespect to any of my co-hosts, and I'm, I'm, I love having Ron on the show. He's, he brings an awesome voice to this, and I've got nothing but compliments for him, and he's just busy this week. Uh, Sean Keeley at Sean Keeley 2. Volvo V60 T8 Recharge Extended Range or Polestar 2. I've been informed that they only sell a couple hundred V60 T8s a year in the U.S. Better to part a car out and revert back to... Oh, there's a second question. Um, so the Polestar 2 is very cool, but a V60 T8 is awesome. And you can get a Vol Volvo V60 Polestar, which is a T8, 
Uh, so I say that one. Polestar 2 is rad. T8 is a hybrid, and it's super rad. And in California, I think it still qualifies for the carpool lane. And then his next question was, better to part out a car and revert back to stock or sell as is for private sale? You must be talking about your Civic. If you can sell it as is with good mods to the right customer, sell it as is and move on to the next thing. Because if you don't, then you've got to deal with the parts that are just going to be sitting there. And if you're looking at a Volvo, I'm telling you, the, the Honda parts aren't fucking moving over to the Volvo. Um, all right. Somebody asked, the question was, what's the podcast called? Which is kind of funny. Um, so let's go to the Instagram questions. And this is where we have like an, an odd amount of them. Uh, David underscore Quinny. Kinney or Quinny? No questions, but you're the man. Love your reviews and beer taste. You're the man. Uh, or whoever, however you identify, David. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Um, my beer taste, I feel like as I'm getting older, um, I still love beer and then I tell myself I want to drink less of it and then that doesn't happen. But there are many nights where I would much rather have a glass of like <laughs> tequila and fresca, obviously, tequila and pineapple juice or a nice glass of wine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm sick of being fat from beer. So, but I do love beer. I, I'll never get rid of it. I just, that means I just need to work out more to enjoy more of the beer. Uh, Press on regardless, which is a, a great uh, account from Ontario fans. Have you had a favorite foster dog? I think it's so cool that you do that. For those of you who don't know, since, since we bought this house at the beginning of COVID, uh, and then we got our rescue dog after our two other dogs passed uh, oh, years ago, um, our two dachshunds, Frank and Beans. Um, we've been, we're, I think we're on our 10th foster dog. Um, and it's mostly been great. And there have been some bad foster dogs that have been frustrating and, and very difficult. And I couldn't wait for them to go away. Uh, one of, probably my favorite foster dog was this. Um, if you go back into my Instagram at Hooniverse Jeff, we had a dog named Molly that was here with her sister. The sister got adopted first. Molly, we sh we should have kept her. She w and it was the closest we ever came to keeping one of the dogs. We follow the family that adopted her. Um, that they have another dog, and those two dogs like snuggle all the time. It's so cute. She's in a great family. However, Molly was awesome, and we probably should have kept her. The dog we have now, Felix, is cool, but he's still a puppy, and puppies are very difficult because um, you deal with, you know, accidents in the house. You deal with they, they use their teeth a lot because they don't know they're not supposed to, and that can get really frustrating. Uh, so, but we've taught this dog to sit, stay down. We taught the dog to roll over, which is actually difficult for bigger dogs, um, but he does it, and and he's a very smart dog. So someone, but it's a dog with a lot of energy too. So someone who can, is okay with the energy and is not going to get frustrated and will teach this dog. This dog is going to be an amazing pet for someone. Um, but, but we're looking forward to taking a little break. Uh, and we say that taking a little break and it lasts like, I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to just, cause our dog, I, I don't have to worry about at all. Like Pearl, our, our dog, our actual dog is so good. Um, so I don't have to like worry during the day. Like if we have to go out, like she's fine at home. Like she won't go in the house. Uh, she will hold it. And if she, and if we're home and she has to go out, she will sit at the back door and do like a bark, like, Hey fuckers, I have to go. Um, so it's great. Um, yeah, Molly was our favorite. And Felix is the one we have now. And, and I'm ready for Felix to go, but Felix is going to be a very good dog for someone else. 
Uh, car JK86. Can adult, an adult sit comfortably in front of a toddler in a car seat inside a 911, a DB11, or an SL63? An SL63 doesn't have a back seat, I don't think. A DB11. So in the 911, no. You can get a kid back there, but I think you can only get a kid back there in a backwards facing car seat. So not a toddler because I can't fit my daughter's booster seat in the back. It's the way this, the bot, the seat bottom is curved. It can't fit back there unless you're comfortable with them not sitting in a booster seat. Um, and that's on you. I'm not going to make a judgment. DB 11 Sloan has sat in it. And I don't remember if the front seat was comfortable or not. And in an SL 63, I don't think there's a back seat. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I don't think there is i think that's a, that's a two-seater right or is that a two plus two i should look this up so i'm not an idiot sl63 seats there is a back seat wow um that back seat looks atrociously uncomfortable um but it's flat either way you're an adult is not sitting comfortably in front of that with a kid behind it so i'll leave it at that i didn't know there was a back seat in the back seat of an i haven't driven an sl in ages and ages um tyler ruins radio when will the automotive world recognize isuzu amigo supremacy tyler's amigo is awesome if you haven't seen it at radwood um daniel robert deru manx 2.0 thoughts uh, i was invited to that i just didn't feel like going to malibu because it's a fucking pain in my ass to get there um looking at the car i kind of wish i did especially because there was a flyby of a grumman albatross which is like it, it's ridiculous to say you have a dream plane especially because I'm not a pilot, but the idea of a Grumman Albatross is a dream plane. Um, that's a, if you don't know planes, for those of you listening, it is an amphibious plane. Um, used to be a war plane back, well, a version of it was a war plane, but um, it, it's, 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 a, it's a bigger plane that can, that can land and take off in water. It's, they're so rad. But the, the Manx, I think it looks incredible. I think if they hit their 300-mile range, that's also incredible. Their name on the EV components looks really cool, but I'm pretty sure they're not developing that themselves, so I'm curious where that's all coming from. But I think it looks awesome. Um, I have no idea what it costs. I don't know if they said that, so hopefully it's not. It, I'm hoping it's not, like, stupid expensive, um, but it could be in this day and age. Uh, but I, th I, I think the green color they showed it off in with those, like, um, Hounds 2 seats or whatever they were, it looks fucking rad as hell. And I think EV off-roaders have the potential for greatness because that torque. Um, Evan J. Cruz, thinking about a move closer to Northwest Arkansas to be closer to family. Would a stock Bronco do the express rally? So it, it, with tires and a rear locker, yes, you can, you can do everything we did. Um, there was a stock defender that had a rooftop tent that did it. Um, there was an old like 90s t um, t Toyota pickup truck that the dude slept in the bed that did it. So if you have a rear locker and the right tires, the world is your oyster. He has another question. Thoughts is the Bronco is a daily too loud, big. No, it's not too big and it's not too loud. Um, I don't the I feel like bigger KO2s aren't as loud as smaller KO2s, which is is weird to say. But that's what I found in an actual practice um, as a daily. It's a great vehicle, uh, you know, four cylinder turbo, um, comfortable, modern amenities. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, P. 
McDonald Denista, what's your opinion on buying a 718 four-cylinder? You know, it's a great it's a great chassis. It's a brilliant car. There's enough power. Go have fun. Yeah, the six cylinders are the monsters, but you, you're going to have a blast in that car. So, you know, you do you. Um, I play with cars. Who would win at arm wrestling, Johnny Lieberman or Matt Farah? No offense to either ones, but Johnny does like a lot of like hand strength exercises. So he probably has like, I mean, the dude rips decks of cards in half. So no offense to Matt, um, who who doesn't do those hand strength exercises that I'm aware. I'm just going to say Johnny, um, but whatever, like, I don't know, maybe they should do it for charity. I play with cars again. If money wasn't a concern, what EV would you own? Easy answer. Uh, the wagon version of the Taycan 911 turbo S. Um, I think it starts at 192. Um, yeah, I think the GTS sport Turismo looks better without the cladding, but if money's not a concern, I'm getting the top dog. I'm getting the turbo ass. I'm getting the crazy power. Um, absolutely. Um, they better sell it to me in Irish green, which is a, a color I've heard is very difficult for them to get to sell you because it's like family reserve. And then the ne- neodyme wheels or whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Where's Ron? Do you think he misses you? Uh, I don't. I think he's okay. Uh, another one from my play with cars. How did you pass the time while charging the Taycan? It wasn't that long that I was sitting there. Like the longest I was there was 30 minutes. And, um, at one of them, I walked into a Walmart. I I'm 42 now. Uh, my birthday was last Sunday, the seventh. Um, I, so I have to pee a lot. <laughs> so these charge, these stops are welcome. And then if I had decent internet where I was, you know, I'm fucking around on Instagram and taking pictures and doing all that shit. Uh, it was very easy to pass the time because it wasn't that much time, which is great. Uh, JD, JD2RS, who f- photographed Formula D St. Louis for us, asks, with IndyCar and NASCAR doing more street circuits, what cities should they do next? Um, hmm, that is a good question. I, I don't think you could do a race in Seattle. Um, let's, I mean, F1's due in Miami, so that's out. If someone could figure out Chicago, someone trying to figure out Chicago, right? Is NASCAR trying to figure out Chicago? Um, it seems like they're already kind of tackling the cities they should figure out. But like maybe one that's less, you know, that people aren't thinking about because you could do like a Sedona because the streets are in such good shape there. Um, but it might be boring um, just because it'd be like dead straights. Uh, I don't have a good answer. I think they're figuring that one out on their on their own. Pretty cool project says, build me the perfect W124 wagon. Uh, I almost bought it. I almost bought the perfect 124 wagon and I'm still pissed I didn't and I actually tried to two people owned it and one was going to sell it to me and the other one wasn't it was a 124 so a TE with the uh, 500e fenders already on and 500 uh, seats in it so the cool shit was done the gearbox needed some attention like it didn't have reverse or some shit Um, but the amount that they were going to sell it to me for would have left me more than enough money um this is pre-covid too when before prices went like like a, a really dumb amount of money um it, it not by them but like by today's standards which i mean i'm talking like 1500 bucks um and the car looked awesome with those fenders and i still think about that car occasionally and andrew if you're listening to this i am still annoyed that i do not own it um it's that, yeah. So if you can put 500e 
body panels or E500 body panels on a 300 TE, fuck yes, that's how you do it. And then my wife actually wrote a question, which is hilarious. Um, She wrote, first of all, how dare you? Which is very funny for us internally because we loved The Office and that's one of our favorite jokes from the show and we say it all the fucking time. And and she said she was going to spam the show tonight with a bunch of questions, but she did the one. It was very funny. Thank you, sweetie. Um, That's all I have on the question side of things tonight. So I wanted to get this done. I'm going camping. Um, Some updates on the fleet. While I'm here. Um, Oh, oh, also a teaser. Ron sold the Tahoe. uh, And I will let him tell you all about that uh, in the next, in a future episode. Um, On my shit, the... Um, the Jag is still sitting there with its cooling fans not working. I'm s- assuming I blew a relay. OC Car said, "Just bring it by next week. We'll figure it out. We'll get it. We'll get. We'll get that in and out for you. We'll fix that for you." Which I really appreciate from them. Um, cause they were the last ones to fix the fans, but then I had the AC fixed, and then with the AC running, the lights running, the cooling fans running, it was like the electrical system went. I don't know what to do, so it didn't. It didn't, and whatever. Montero, here's an update on the Montero. You know I am not a rooftop tent guy. I've spoken against them. I'm never putting one on the Montero. I even designed my roof rack so that it can't fit a rooftop tent. Well, someone is sending me a rooftop tent. And it's a very lightweight and incredibly well-built rooftop tent from one of the best brands in the industry of rooftop tents. At least I think so. This thing only weighs like 60 pounds. And I might have to shave part of the up bars up front just because, like, they're exactly 50 inches wide inside diameter on the metal. And this tent needs 50 inches wide. So, but if I just, like, shave that down with a grind wheel or something and then repaint with um, rust spray and then the black again to cover it up. They're sending it and I, and it's weighs 60 pounds. So if I, when I'm not using it, I don't have to be that guy running around with a permanent, like seemingly permanent rooftop tent. I can literally just tuck it in the corner of the garage. Like it's like, it's nothing. 60 pounds is nothing uh, on the roof of a vehicle, which is also one of my concerns. I never wanted that much weight up there. I never wanted to tax my engine, you know, a whole bunch of reasons. That's an old engine on a very old truck. Um, but when they said, well, it just, you know, this is this, they, they countered all my arguments. I'm like, fuck, give me the tent. And then on top of that, because my plan is to still do the 270 awning, I want to do the Dodge. It's an Australian company, so it's Dachi. I want to do the Dachi 270 up there, which basically my plan was to turn my truck into a California ranch. And now we're adding a second story. And my wife said, I would definitely rather sleep in the tent for sure than down on the ground in the awning. I'm like, well, then me and Pearl, my, our dog, you and Sloan go up in the tent, me and Pearl down on the ground where I will have way more room and it'll be great. You'll be up in the tent. I don't have to climb a ladder when I've been uh, camping, drinking even better. Um, this trip, we don't have the tent yet. We're staying in like a yurt. I'm still bringing the truck with all the cool shit. But um but yeah, stay tuned for me to do what I said I would never do to the Montero. One, I already did it with the roof rack. Two, now I'm doing it with a fucking rooftop tent. Um, but get this. Um, I'm going to have solar. I'm going to have the fridge. It's like full, full fucking overland. And the next step will be to swap that engine to make it much more effortless. And I didn't want to do, I don't want to do Montana, South Dakota place in this thing. I don't necessarily want to be the guy who pays 400 bucks to do the fucking illegal smog shit. 
but I got to figure something out because I want that. I know I say it. I want that Cummins R28 in there so goddamn bad. It is a perfect engine for my application, and it would be a night and day change in that vehicle, and I want it. I just don't want to spend $9,000 on a fucking engine. Um, but I don't know. I got to find a way to get one of those. And then I got to also think about gearbox um, because I don't know if that uh, the Montero manual gearbox is supposedly less stout than the um, automatic. But I'm so happy that mine doesn't have the automatic because I don't want to deal with that shit on like highway speed. I cruise. I keep up with and pass traffic on California freeways in my Montero. No problem. Um, it's not a point-and-shoot vehicle, but I am bombing down the highway at, at 80 miles an hour. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I might be at 3,500 RPM, but I am there, and I'm doing it, and I have plenty of rev range left in my in my tack at that point. So I don't, I don't, I'm not stressing about it. Um, but Cummins R28, I think it makes a little bit more horsepower, but it makes fucking what what are those 300 pound feet of torque god damn i mean it not only would it be great off the line around town but literally climbing obstacles would be best and then if i did that then i'd add you know um e-lockers and all that shit and then all of a sudden the truck would be an absolute absolute go anywhere beast so i'm very tempted but the amount of money at that point is (laughs) i would have probably the world's most expensive outside of like an actual Dakar winning Pajero Montero, I would have (laughs) the most expensive one. Uh, And that's fucking ridiculous. Um, It wouldn't look like it, but the amount thrown in there and what it could do would be pretty awesome. So stand by for stupidity. It's not happening yet. I have to get rid of this goddamn Jag. And yes, I'm ready to sell it at a, at a moment's notice. um, Once you get the cooling fans going, but yeah, that's where we're at. Um, so I'm going camping. I wanted to get an episode out though before I hit the road. And um, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. Go check out our shit on Blipshift. I know we haven't updated the store in a while, but um, if you take a look, I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. Ron will be back and we'll be good to go. Howdy, howdy. Adios. Oh,